Hi, and welcome to MBA Ladies. We wanted to mention that this week we are using Zoom to record audio, and sometimes audio quality can be irregular. Thank you for continuing to listen. And welcome to MBA Ladies, a podcast by women about the MBA and business experience. I'm Nora. And I'm Emily, and we're your hosts. Today, we're joined by our fellow classmate and entrepreneur, Allison. Allison is a first-year MBA candidate at Vanderbilt, concentrating in strategy and entrepreneurship. Before coming to business school, Allison worked in a variety of roles, including as an entrepreneur. Welcome, Allison. Thanks for having me, guys. We're so happy you can be here and join us today, Allison. This is awesome. I am so happy to be here and so proud of y'all for starting such an amazing podcast. Congrats. Thank you. We really enjoy doing it. I've been wanting to have you on for like the longest time. So we finally like gathered the guts to like ask you and we're glad you're here today. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> stop. Y'all are so sweet. Legit, we made like a list of stu- like students that we wanted to ask. And I was like, Allison Taylor, we must have her on. <laughs> So I guess we can just like kick it off. And if you could like, just tell us a little bit about what you did before coming to Owen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, I would really say that my career kind of had three different phases. I graduated from undergrad in 2007, which was an interesting time to enter the job market. And uh, in school, I had, I had two internships, I internship with Pfizer and I internship with Nordstrom. So two very different paths I could have taken. And I ended up taking a role with Pfizer because the money was better than it was with Nordstrom and decided to start my career in pharmaceutical sales. And, you know, it was an interesting five years, like I said, because every six months or a year within that industry, you were really facing some sort of like reorganization or a layoff. And so it really would give me different points of reflection of, of what I really wanted to do long-term. And it's crazy because pharmaceutical sales actually kind of sparked my interest in being an entrepreneur because I had the opportunity to run territories like my own little business. And I really loved the sales aspect of it, but I wasn't super passionate about the healthcare industry. So in the back of my mind, I always thought, okay, I want to be a small business owner. How can I make this happen? And just started thinking about what I was really passionate about and interested in. And at the time, I was in a lot of weddings and was introduced to an amazing company called Bella Bridesmaids. I don't know if you'll have bought bridesmaids dresses there yet or not. And I ended up reaching out to the co-founders and just, you know, inquiring about, you know, what it took to be a franchise owner. And I met them and just absolutely adored them and their vision for the company. And it was really a short four months later that I purchased an underperforming franchise here in Nashville and started my career as a small business owner. So with Bella, I owned the store here in Nashville for five and a half years. It was the most incredible opportunity because for the first 18 months, first of all, I spent every dime my my husband and I had like ran our bank account to zero to buy it. So it was like, I couldn't hire anyone. And so for 18 months, I ran the business by myself. So I literally learned everything that I possibly could about 
the industry. You know, I did my own book, so I learned accounting and you know had to make my sales plan and and customer service surveys and and really everything. And so the bridesmaids industry is really unique too from traditional retail because there's an entire logistics component to it, which you wouldn't necessarily have in like a boutique atmosphere where, you know, I was having to be like a project manager for the brides and and make sure there was quality control and shipping and receiving. And so it was a pretty complex business to start off with, but it was awesome being in a franchise because I had, you know, 50, over 50 other owners who were just like me going through the same thing. So I had this amazing support system of women around me that just lifted me up and made me want to be a better person. And so I, I am beyond thankful for that experience, but I'm a mom of two. And so I had both of my kids, I guess year three and year five of the business and really started thinking about making sure I could capitalize on that investment and decided to pursue a buyer in 2017. And I actually ended up selling the business in the fall of 2018. Also a very unique experience to get to go through the process of of selling a business. Moving from there, I really thought I wanted to be at home with my kids. Like it was just, I was so burned out. And I just thought about, you know, I just want to stay home. I don't even want to work anymore. I just want to be a stay-at-home mom. And and that lasted like six months. I was like, this is, this is not a fit for me. I was going crazy. And it's crazy. I started thinking about the challenges that I faced as a small business owner. And one of those was dealing with excess inventory. And I was even in a business where we did made to order product. And I still, after selling the store, had over 400 dresses in my basement. And my husband, we were moving and he was like, we have got to get these out of the basement. Like we're not moving these to a new house. Like there's no point of us having these dresses. So I had a um, sample sale in my basement in the middle of January. It was freezing cold and there were just like girls getting naked in a random person's basement. And I sold more dresses in those four hours than I had in six years on a sample sale rack. So it just made me start to think about how much people love that experience of finding a deal. But then also from the retailer's point of view, like, how much of a pain it was to get rid of this excess product at the end of a season. It took up your real estate. It took up your time, took up your employees time. If you were posting on Poshmark or different things like that. And I reached out to my now business partner, Kathleen, who was also a former Bella Bridesmaids owner. And I was like, you're not going to believe how much I just sold in my basement. And we came up with the idea for the warehouse collective really based off of that. And just started reaching out to different small direct consumer brands that we personally really loved. And before we knew it, we had over 30 clients sending us 6,000 units of clothing. And we started this business that does multi-brand events for warehouse sale events with a ticket and a DJ and a bar. And it was like truly the ultimate girls night out. So uh, that was a little bit about the work I did prior to business school. Obviously, a lot of that changed when COVID came along, which was a great time to kind of reflect on where I wanted to go from here. And I really loved the strategy side of, of the businesses I had and felt like it was a really good time to pivot and go back to business school and learn more about that. I love that. I love how like you owned a business and then you like saw all these different problems and you're like, how do I like continue this? How do I help other people in this? And I love how, yeah, that's how the warehouse collective was born to see what you saw that problem. And we're like, 
you know, we, we can fix this. We can make this fun. We can make this great for other people and make both sides happy. That's awesome. Oh, absolutely. And it, it really, I wish y'all, we were talking about this earlier, but I wish y'all would have gotten experience some of our first events because they really were uh, so fun and enjoyable for everybody. I'm literally in awe of you, Allison, just because I think that you, like, you had all of these experiences that, like, somebody could have kind of just, like, stopped and been negative and been like, this isn't what I wanted, this isn't what I expected, and you just, like, you turn each experience into such a positive, and, like, you learned accounting on your own without even a professor, like, that is amazing, and I, I just, I think that's wonderful, and I'm, I'm just really glad that we're getting to share your story, because I think that's really cool. I could barely learn accounting with a professor, so that was, <laughs> well, you know, I had the, it's a little bit different doing, like, bookkeeping versus the accounting, but I do feel like that helped me get through that class, my good old QuickBooks for Dummies uh, book, you know, it was probably, like, the 2013 edition, though, so I think there were some, <laughs> there were some new, findings that I had to you know really pick my brain for but yeah that class was hard it was glad it's over (laughs) so you mentioned that COVID kind of really helped you make the decision to go to business school but like what other was this kind of an instantaneous decision like COVID hit and you're like okay I'm gonna do this or was this something that you've been like thinking about while you had warehouse collectives for a couple years like what was that process like Yeah, that's a really good question because I joke with people that this was a crazy quarantine decision, but in reality, it absolutely wasn't. I almost went back to business school at every pivot that I've talked about. I I was studying for the GMAT when, right before I purchased Bella, when I was almost like waiting for a franchise to become available. And then it just so worked out that Nashville became available and that was where we wanted to be as a family. And and so I decided to pursue Bella over business school. And then after I sold Bella, I had actually filled out the application at Vanderbilt. And I think if their email marketing is, is the way it is, I think that's why I got an email that they were opening that round four because I had started an application, I guess the fall as we were starting to build the warehouse collective. So it's always been something in the back of my mind. And the crazy thing is, I'm so thankful I didn't do it at those different points in my career. Like I think about if I would have done it after my pharmaceutical journey, I may have had this entire career in the healthcare industry, which was like absolutely not the fit for me. And so it's been really interesting to come into school with these different perspectives. And I was really at a point where I was ready to learn from someone else from myself than myself. And I, I feel like I've gotten so much out of learning from both professors and classmates at this point. That's awesome. We were talking to uh, Kate a couple weeks ago and she, very similarly to you, it wasn't that COVID caused her decision to go to business school, but it was kind of like, she'd been thinking about it for a while and was like, this is my chance. Like, this is, this is the opportunity. I think similarly to you, like saw that round four email come through and was like, yeah, might as well. And it's, it's crazy. I love how that's happened for so many people and that, you know, COVID obviously has been terrible and there's been so much bad to it, but I think it's also been a catalyst for a lot of people for good things like coming to business school and, and getting to, you know, learn everything and take that, that opportunity to really go and, and learn everything. I think is really, really awesome. Right. I have chills when you just say that. First of all, I love Kate. She was on my team for launching the venture. I, I hope schools will almost keep like this round for maybe just even a few people at the end of each class, because some of the reasons I didn't end up going 
wasn't that I was like nervous to go or couldn't pull the trigger on it, but sometimes the timing just didn't line up. Like I would miss the round and then I was like, oh, why would I apply now? It's going to be a whole nother year. And then who knows what I'm going to be doing by then? Like, will it make sense then? And so I think it was kind of neat, especially knowing how many of our classmates have been successful in the program coming in so late. Like if there were some spots always reserved for people who maybe have had a change of situation leading up to and entering into school. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think that people who entered round four, like they were more aware of their situation and it was, it was a more decisive decision for like, this is what I'm going to do next year. Whereas like I entered round two and I was like thinking about it like a year ahead. Like I, I think that not that I, I wasn't being decisive about where I wanted to go, but I think I just made that decision and it wasn't about like what I was doing right then. I was just like, I'm going. And so I think there's like two different you know, ways of making that decision of like, is it the right time right now of like, okay, I'm going to go now. Or are you the type of person that's like, okay, like, I don't care what's happening next year. Like I'm applying now round one and I'm going and that's not everyone, you know? Right. So Allison, I'd love to know, like as an entrepreneur, how has Owen helped you view your company differently? Well, first of all, being an entrepreneur can be really a lonely path. I've always tried to really have a strong network around me to learn from different people, whether they be other small business owners or just people that help small business owners and and always be in like that constant aspect of learning. But Owen has really re-sparked my interest in so many aspects of entrepreneurship and really seeing how valuable having amazing, smart people around you can be. Like I said earlier, I feel like I've learned so much from my classmates even. And it's been really neat to get to be on these teams of people because, you know, when you're doing things, you know, alone or just like with me and Kathleen, my business partner, you know, you don't have a big team around you. And it's really neat to see like how people think and, and their different perspectives on things. I do think that there's been two classes that have been really beneficial to me and to how I think about you know, my, my business now. And if I ever had another business in the future with Dr. Bertram, both launching the venture and business models have been extremely helpful and kind of shifting a mindset about like the process of building a company. When Kathleen and I built the warehouse collective, we kind of were doing it as like something to do as moms and it blew up quicker than we could have possibly anticipated. So actually like anticipating the success and, and building a business model that could grow and scale very, very quickly would have been really helpful because once it took off, it was very hard to find that time to stop and, and strategize. I'd also say business school has just been an awesome time for reflection. Like the classes like MOE and LTO have been really helpful in, in helping me kind of create a healthier business mindset. I feel like I've gone through really strong periods of burnout throughout my career because I have handled so much on my own. And and kind of starting to understand how I can give myself space and boundaries so that I can continue to be creative and be excited about the businesses that I'm pursuing. I think that's really neat. Just in terms of like business models, I wasn't in, in launching the venture with you, but I, I am taking business models with you and, and you always have just such great insight. I think when you think of different problems or situations, like you just have a very like clear perspective. Like, I think sometimes I'm like, Oh, but what about this? What about this? And I'm like all over the place. Whereas I think that you like see a problem and you're like, Oh, like this would be nice to have as a mom, or this would have been nice. And I'm like, 
yeah, you're right. Like that would be nice. Like you're, that is so true. And so I think it's just really interesting to see how you think. And like, I think you're probably from your prior experiences of being an entrepreneur, but you're very great at like figuring out a solution for an everyday like consumer. And, and so I think that your insights in that class are really helpful. <laughs> You're so sweet, Nora. I, if you only like lived a second in my mind, it's like the most jumbled mind on earth. So I'm glad I can make you feel like that, <laughs> that it's clear. It's definitely not clear. You do a very good <laughs> job of translating that. I used to always tell people, I'm like, I've lost actually the first mod. I've lost words. Like once you have kids, you really do. I think Megan Lawrence like put that in her video, you lose words. And so I do think that that's like a huge piece of business school that I'm finally starting to be able to maybe communicate again. I don't know, but I've I've, like, have not had words for years at this point. (laughs) I feel like I've lost words because of the pandemic, like no social skills anymore. And so like going back in, even though it was only a couple months from when the pandemic hit in March to when we started in August, I was like, how do I speak to another human? Like, I don't know. (laughs) Right. But I think that's one of the great things, um, kind of going back to what you were saying, Allison, Nora, the great things about being in business school is like the energy I feel like with all the other people, it's just like so electrifying. And so like, it makes you want to learn more too and be like, oh my gosh, that's such a cool experience. Like I never thought about this that way. Or like, this is this expertise that like I never knew about. And I just think that's one of the fun things. Like we're learning something new every single day opposed to when we weren't like we were learning new things, but it wasn't like you're learning all this new information in such a short amount of time. And I don't know. I just think that's something very unique and different that I like kind of took for granted and like undergrad and things like that. And I think now being in a graduate level program, like we're all like, this is amazing. Everybody's so cool. Like, I love this. Agree. The collaboration is incredible. And I think that having the opportunity, right. To like do almost do undergrad all over again is is so fun. I don't know that I learned anything in undergrad now that I'm thinking about it. (laughs) I think something else to like really point out was just like with MOE managerial organ effectiveness and and also with leading teams and organizations like I think both of those classes really for me like I took away that like to prevent burnout like you have to learn how to delegate and I think that for me like as a nurse like that was such a, a pivotal thing to learn because you can't do it all like no matter what you're doing like it's just impossible and so I think that's something that I don't know if it connects with the two of you as much, but like, I feel like that has just been a huge, like I've learned to appreciate delegating so much and like, don't get me wrong. I definitely check in with people and I'm like, Hey, I feel bad sometimes because I check in too often. I'm like, Hey, like, do you need help? Like, what can I do? And they're like, I got it. And I'm like, okay, not micromanaging. I'm taking a step back, but I'm here if you need me. Delegation is so challenging. It was still on, on my list that and boundaries to work with, with my LDP coach, because I mean, it's an art and it's so hard to do. And I, I think women almost have a harder time doing it. I'm, I might be making this up, but I, I know I have a really hard time with delegation and actually like becoming a mom made me have to do it. And it made me so much more efficient when I did it, that you know, it makes me feel better about doing it now. But I think there's some aspects that I feel like I'm, I'm being like too bossy or too controlling or something. But the reality is like, it's got to get done. And I can't always be the one to do it. So yeah, I agree. Delegation is really tough. I think I, I also can relate a lot with that, Allison. Just like, I feel like sometimes I 
like when I worry that I'm coming off, like I'm, I'm checking in too much. I'm like, oh gosh, like I'm being a micromanager. So I'll like make a joke when I like check in with them. And I'm like, you know, like I really should just accept that like, this is part of like my task is like to make sure it gets done and I'm not being bossy or like, I'm not being a micromanager. Like it's just making sure that everyone has what they need. But I all the time will like second guess myself or say like, Hey, like, sorry if I'm being annoying. It's like, I really need to cut that out because that just takes away from people respecting you for one, delegating and trusting them. And then two, also giving yourself credit of being like, I am delegating. Like I can do this and I can also take a step back. And so I still very much struggle with that. It's so, it's like a seesaw. I feel like where I'm like, I'm, I'm too micromanaging or I'm like too hands off and I'm like going back and forth. I need to find that perfect medium right. yet to find it, but it's, I'm working on it. <laughs> I think it starts in just having the right team. You know, I had asked this question when we sat at the Kristen Cavallari thing a few weeks ago, and I thought her answer was resonated with me so much just when she was saying like, I don't know that I actually found balance and like was able to delegate until I really trusted everyone around me and like had the right team in place. And so I, that's something I've been thinking about, you know, moving forward too is, you know, as we move into whatever roles we're going into next is just, you know, being able to trust the people around you because you've built a really capable and strong team. And, and I think that that's, you know, a great foundation for helping us all get over our delegation fears. Okay. So you are currently working full-time as the co-owner of Warehouse Collectives while also being a full-time student and a mom. I, I feel like I hate this question, but I still can't help myself for asking it. So just wondering, like, how are you able to, to manage everything? And of course, I think delegation is probably a big part of that, but like what other key things have been instrumental for you being able to balance all of these different identities? I take a lot of deep breaths <laughs> sometimes. No, I have to go hide in a closet and like, no, uh, in all seriousness, I, I have the most incredible husband and support system and I've had to learn how to ask for help. And that's something that's also been really hard for me back to the delegation, but we kind of knew going into this that it was going to be you know, a huge sacrifice for our family. And I think I would recommend that to anyone with a family who's considering business school is just to have a, a partner that supports everything you want to do and B, be able to kind of come together and figure out how you're going to do it before even getting into it. So for us, you know, we ended up changing up the way our childcare situation works. I have an amazing, one of my kids' teachers at school now brings them home and she helps prep dinner. Cause you know, we have calls and class and everything that goes straight through like what would be pickup time and dinner prep. And, you know, so I've just really had to make sure that I've had people around me that are going to take some of that stress off of me. I will say, I feel like we were very adequately prepared for mod one. Like we in our minds thought like, oh, we can get through this eight weeks. Like anyone can do eight weeks. And then when it kept going into mod two and then kept going into mod three, I will say that became pretty difficult. And that is really where the LDP coach was very helpful for me and kind of figuring out setting boundaries and knowing when to say no. So there were even like, you know, some organizations I was involved in, you know, that I decided not to run for a board position and different things that I would really love to do on campus that 
I just don't have the capacity to do. And I, and I have to know that and be involved where I can be involved. And, you know, I think so much of that is, is just kind of, once again, finding your boundaries, but I couldn't do it without having all the people around me that, you know, are supporting me at the same time. And I'm like, beyond thankful for him because he's, he's always supported me, even when I own Bella Bridesmaids and I made him like back in the day, we were all paper and you had to manually run the credit cards. Cause yeah, that was like a thing like seven years ago. And we would just sit on the couch and like manually run credit cards all night. So the poor guy has helped me in like every aspect of my career in life and um, just have to have those people around you. Absolutely. I think going back to um, we keep talking about LTO and MOE, which is leading teams and organizations and MOE is managerial organizational effectiveness. But I think a lot of the times, like those two classes, it's a lot of like more squishy stuff and like things that people are like, oh, you don't need to know this in business. Like, oh, it's fine. Like whatever. Everybody knows this, blah, blah, blah. And I think taking those classes, it's like very, very much a good reminder. Like, yeah, you do need a support system and yeah, you do need to say no. And yeah, you need to delegate and all these other things that like, I think a lot of people take for granted and it's, it's so important. I think even just in having a class and kind of like giving you a step-by-step or I've worked too, Allison with my LDP coach in saying no, which has been very hard for me. Right. It's hard. So hard, but I think it's very important to like, yes, you want to do as much as you can do and do what you want to do and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, like you need to be like, can I do this? Like, is this good for me as well as good for the organization or the club or the group? And I think it's hard, but it's so, so important to know. And so important to, to say no to those things. And and constantly for me, it's a lot of reflecting and looking at, okay, what, how is this helping me? Like, am I just really, truly enjoying this? Do I have the time for this? And sometimes the answer is no. And it's tough because then you awkwardly have to be like, well, like I, I just have to cut this out. Like I don't have the capacity for this, but it, I think just helps you as well as other people in the long run, because then they're able to, you're able to do everything to your capacity and not feel burned out. And I think it just, it just helps everybody in the long run for sure. Right. I completely agree. And I think somebody told us like, even in, and this was probably one of those classes too, but even in orientation of like, you know, you went into this with a why. So like constantly remind yourself of, of like why you're here and why you want this and, and cause you do, you have to want it to be able to make this sacrifice. And, and, you know, for me, pull my family along <laughs> with me in this, in this journey. So, you know, for me, like I think about, I mean, my kids are five and four, I have a son and a daughter and I, you know, I just want them, I want them to know that they can do anything. And I think that like, we all, especially women kind of put yourself on like a time line and a time frame. And, and like, I don't feel that way anymore. Like, I feel like I still feel like I have amazing years ahead of me in my career. And like, I, I want to show them that you can change course at any point in time. And that's okay. Like I didn't have to just decide to be a, a stay at home mom and, you know, or it, nothing's wrong with being a stay at home mom. It's like literally the hardest job on earth, which is why I was over it after six months. But <laughs> I, I, you know, like you can change your course at any point in time. And, and I, I want them to know that. And so that's kind of my, my why that I reflect on when things are, when things are tough, because they're tough. I, uh, I have the chills as you say that, because I, as much as I hate that dang timeline, like I definitely put myself on it and I constantly like, will just assess like, okay, can I do this? Because 
at this age, I'll be doing this and then I can do this. And by that time I need to have kids. And it's like, oh my God, like take a chill pill and just, just try to do what you can do for now. And then like, when that comes, assess it. But like, I admire that you have decided that you don't feel that way. And I can't wait till the day that I can stand next to you and say, I also am not on a timeline. Yeah. I, it's funny. I have chills as you're saying that Nora, because I don't think I felt that way until after I had kids. I think because women are like, oh, I'm going to have kids by the time I'm 30 or by the time I'm 35 or whatever. And then you're kind of like, and then my career's over. Like, and you're in your mind, like you're thinking like, oh, well then I've got to balance all this. And it's like, they've made me better. Like they've made me more efficient. They've made me more motivated. They've given me more why to everything I do and more purpose. You know, they probably made me, you know, more scared to take risks because I don't feel like I have like the risk profile that I, I, you know, could have without children, but it, it's like your life starts over in a different way that, that puts you at that path where you're like, oh, I got this. I can do this and that, you know, cause you can, we can do anything. I love that. I, yeah, definitely just echoing you both the timeline for sure. And I am looking forward to as well, just like Nora, like not having to worry about that, but I think it's so true to where, yeah, a lot of the times we place things and pull ourselves out of the game when we really don't need to. And I don't know, it's just so important to like keep checking in and being like, well, why, why am I, why do I feel this way? Why do I, and I think also like you were saying, Allison, like it's always okay to pivot. Like if you don't like what you're doing right now, like change it. Like you don't have to stay in pharmaceutical sales forever if that's not your passion. And I think a lot of the times we're like, okay, well, I have to major in something in college and then whatever job I get, like, that's the job I'm going to have. And like, it's always going to be in that industry and always in that thing. And like, I can't ever switch out. And it's like, okay, no, like check in with yourself. If you love it. Awesome. Like, that's easy. That's a nice linear path. But like, I think a lot of the times what I'm learning now, talking to so many different alum and just speakers who come to Vanderbilt and so forth, like that isn't really the case. And I don't know where, at least for me, I'm getting that where I'm like, it has to be linear. It has to be linear. But I think so many other people are like, oh yeah, I was in HR and then I moved to marketing. Now I'm in like operations or something. And it's like, oh, okay. Like this is possible. I'm not like out of the game yet. And like, I can switch if I need to. You're never out of the game. Never. (laughs) (laughs) So I'd love to ask too, Allison. So how has being an entrepreneur helped you like in business school? Was it like you were taking accounting and you were like, wow, oh my gosh, this is so helpful. Or or was it kind of one of those things where you felt like you just like kind of understood everything coming in because you kind of had to be a jack of all trades within being an entrepreneur? Oh, I definitely did not understand all things coming in. Um, I think it gave me a really good foundation to kind of understand what was going on in some of those core classes when we started for like accounting and, you know, I was joking with y'all even like right now with business in the world economy, like I lived in that, you know, time of great recession. So I feel like I have a little bit of, you know, found I mean, we all lived, you know what I mean? I started my career during that time. So I feel like I lived what was, what they're talking about as far as like the unemployment and the situation. So I feel like it's given me a good foundation, but I can't say it helped me with like stats or finance or even like the mental math that I had to do for casing for consulting interviews. So it's been a great mix of where I feel like, you know, I don't know things and I know things. So it's been, it's been helpful. So Alice and me, we're just talking before the episode, but you mentioned that Warehouse Collectives is going to have a pop-up coming up soon. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Yes, we are so excited because it is, you know, we've been able to do some small things here and there, 
we haven't been able to be in our full force event action like we like we used to be, but we are hosting a pop-up at the graduate on April 21st through 23rd. It's going to be like a almost like a gift shop in their lobby area for three days, which will be really fun. So you can come have a drink at their bar or grab a coffee and shop with us. We've got some incredible designers. I'm sure y'all know Lily Sadui who does all the awesome headbands and uh, she's on there and Lisey Lurch and lots of great handbags and clothes. So it should be a great time. I hope y'all can come out. Yeah. So we're releasing this on Friday, April 23rd. So this is the last day. So run, don't walk. You need to go to the graduate because I mean, I'm probably there right now as, as you're listening to this. Our Instagram handle is just at warehouse collective. And then our website is the warehousecollective.com and all the details are on there. Awesome. So if you're here in Nashville, you need to check it out because it's going to be amazing. And I'm, I'm so excited. It sounds so cool. I missed out on the last one that y'all had in the fall. I was just saying this, um, cause I was in the midst of, you know, moving and prepping and blah, blah, blah. So I'm so excited to be able to go to this one and it's, it sounds so cool. Yes. And the graduates awesome. Such a cute atmosphere and like walkable dough. And so we hope everyone will come. Yeah. The graduate is super cute. I haven't actually been, but I've seen lots of photos and I I've been meaning to like go to their like hotel bar. So two birds, one stone y'all go. Yes. You've got to go Nora. Well, Allison, thank you so much for being on here and we have enjoyed it so much and everyone make sure that you go check out Warehouse Collective on Instagram. While you're at it, go check us out at MBA underscore ladies, or you can email us at MBA ladies podcast at gmail.com. And this is our last episode of our, our first year season. So we will see you guys in the fall. It's been so amazing. Have a wonderful summer. 